Hello, I'm Erin Marcus, founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business, and I want to welcome you to Ready Yet? If all you needed was a step-by-step plan of what to do, you could buy a book on how to succeed and you would be all set. But here's the rub. You'll never do what it takes until you become the person it takes to do it. The Ready Yet podcast is dedicated to those who are ready to become the person who succeeds, ready to become the person who steps into more, and ready to become the best version of themselves. In the I'm Ready interview series, join me for inspiring conversations with people who figured out who they needed to be in order to achieve their dreams and were brave enough to be that person. Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of the Ready Yet podcast, where I get to bring you stories of entrepreneurs and who they had to be and what they had to do to get to where they are and what they see next for themselves and hopefully give you some inspiration, some motivation, and even shorten your learning curve by telling you what not to do, learn from everyone else's mistakes, right? So I'm really excited about today's guest. It's like a sister from another mister type of thing. So I met Tammy Olson through a client of mine. She, you know, she's like, oh my God, you got to meet this person. And it is, it's just like, I don't believe in competition. So when Caitlin, my client said, but she's another coach, I don't, happy to meet people. You never know what anyone can, you know, do for you, do with you, you can help them. So, and I love, love, love talking to like-minded people. I'm very excited that you're joining me here today. Why don't you tell everyone a little more officially who you are and what you are? <laughs> My pleasure. And I agree. There's, there's plenty, there's a big wide world out there. So I am super excited to be invited to this conversation. Thank you Thank for you. that. Um, I love, love, love talking to anybody who wants to talk about career change, leaving corporate. That's my jam. Now that I've done it, I feel like I can, you know, share some, some wisdom. So really, really happy to be here. Um, my name is Tammy Olson and my company, I'm the founder of Northwoods Virtual Solutions. I'm an operations strategist and I work with small business uh, owners who are waking up in the middle of the night with um, too many things falling through the cracks and they're probably at a pivot point in their business. And they're trying to understand if what they need is new technology, better processes, or maybe it's to add headcount. Um, Before I started my own company, I spent decades working in corporate roles that included sales and marketing and corporate events and meeting and travel management. Uh, Most recently, I was a director of client account managers for a global corporate travel management company. And my team and I supported um, Fortune 500 and Fortune 1000 clients in life sciences and technology. So um, You talk like I do. As I'm listening to your... (laughs) I have the same thing where like my last corporate position on paper, massively impressive. And what I I love about the entrepreneurial world is how simple and straightforward. Like if I would tell people my last title, senior vice president of business development Mm -hmm. for the largest long-term care insurance only wholesaler in the country. Oh my God. Like, how does that even fit on a card? I don't even... And then you get out into the entrepreneurial world and it's like, I help you create efficient mm-hmm. operations so you can make more money. <laughs> like, it's, just- it's so simple. And Erin, I think that that's one of the things that I 
really tripped up. If you want a cautionary tale, I'll give you one Please, right out of the let's gate. Get right into them. Yes. Let's because I came out and I was all corporate speak. I had decades speaking these languages and business acumen and commercial, blah, blah, blah. And I, I knew that small business owners, like, because they were telling me, my friends were like, hey, I could really use some help. So I knew that there was a need for it. But I come out of the gate and I had to like stop using the corporate words. I was, I was so corporatized. People were like, I don't know what you mean. Like, can, you have, can you help me or not? Because frankly, this is the thing. I guess this is the cautionary tale. Okay, this is probably an unpopular statement. Nobody cares. Oh, that's my In entrepreneurland, nobody cares. Can you do what I need done? Yes, good. I don't care right. about the other I stuff. I don't care. And that, <laughs> so as a writer and a marketer in the back, my background, one of my favorite books on marketing and writing is called Nobody Read Your Shit. Like nobody cares. No. No. I watch so many, you know, one of the things I said that connected you and I right away is that what made you great as at your job will kill you as an entrepreneur. And the two things you have already hit upon is coming out headstrong. Like that just freaks other people out. And number two is talking in these non-meaning words. But do you do you think if if you're a word nerd, yes, like absolutely. we are, um, sometimes those are the right words, and so it's hard for me sometimes to get out of my own way because I actually talk like that sometimes. Like that makes sense to me, or I'm so institutionalized to that kind of language that I really had to learn. A, I just had to learn a different language, well, and not only a I different had, language, but a different subject matter. It's not, a, yes. once you're out of corporate, it is not about credentials and it's all about outcomes. No. No. It's about outcomes. Yes. And outcomes yes. are actually very simple. You they make are. more yeah. money. You make 15% more. You make a, I mean, they're very, you know, yes. you save six hours. Their outcomes are extremely simple. Yeah, they are. And it's, it's deceptively simple. Um, yes, because it ain't easy. <laughs> because it's, yeah, it's simple, but it's not easy. And especially when you're the business owner, when you're in the throes of it. And I also really appreciate that um, the business owners, you know, we're scrappy. I mean, I'm just like everyone else. Like, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. And you bootstrap yourself. But when that point comes that you're like, I can't bootstrap myself one more time, or I love being at that, at that point where these business owners are like, I don't want to, I can't, I'm fine. I don't want them to get to the point where they're like throwing in the towel and ready to jump off the bridge. Like, could we back it up a few steps? Could well, you like maybe engage me when you're feeling a little constriction? It's coming. When you're you feeling, I, you and there. I serve the same client that way in a different place. Cause I do the marketing side and you do the operations efficiency yep. side of basically the same problem. And the problem is, Hustle only gets you so far. So far. Yeah. I love, love, love working with the person who understands the hustle because it means they take the actions. However, yeah. hustle only gets you so far. If you don't make the switch to strategy, yes, your options are stay where you are, mm-hmm. implode, you know, or take a different way, but it's very hard. 
what you mentioned about, you know, we're scrappy. We kind of worked so hard to get to where we are. It's hard to believe that's not the way to get to the next level. Uh, yes. And I also find with my clients that it's hard for them to conceive yeah. that someone else could help them. That, and I, what I mean by that is a lot of times doing this work with them and eventually we, we identify those things. These are the things you could, you should probably, can, they're your job to do. You need to do this. This is the stuff where we're going to build some efficiencies. There are some automations, process, whatever that can take over. This is the work that you need to stop doing and you need to get yourself a resource, whether you hire someone, probably not likely, you need a VA, you need some external resource. And they're like, here's the thing. Oh, but I don't really mind doing that. Stop. Right. You right. don't mind you doing it, but you don't mind it's... making more money. Right. No. And it's distracting you from the work that you really do need to do to make more money. The things that only you can do. So there's that notion that it, oh, I kind of don't mind doing it or, or worse yet, that it's inconceivable that I could hire someone to do this thing that I've been doing so close and so well all by myself. They you know hold what? on too tight. And the other thing is, the other thing we see of so much is it's actually a fear-based response because if you were to let go of all the crap that you shouldn't be doing, that really just leaves the scary work left, which yes. is going out there, getting visible, selling more, yes. talking to other human beings, mm -hmm. owning your brilliance. So it's so... Yeah. What's interesting is the stuff that you shouldn't be doing once you reach a certain level is actually much more time consuming, but less scary than the stuff you should be doing. So it's very easy to hide in the busy. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I mean, honestly, I'm just like, you know, anybody who's listening, I, I am I am busy when I don't want to do scary things. And so <laughs> I challenge myself like I have can't see my desk. I have sticky notes all around my desk because that helps me. But there are these sticky notes are like, is this action getting you closer to your goals? Like this thing, whatever it is. And I'll look at that and go. Argh! Right. That's no. one of my daily reflection. What is the direct, the most direct path to the outcome? Yeah. Stop with the busy work. Stop with the busy. So I have a question. I want to back up because um, yeah. my, one of my favorite questions for people, I often, if not perpetually always like in leaving corporate and going into entrepreneur is yeah. as a jumping off a cliff or you're being pushed yeah. off a cliff. At yeah. some point yeah. you're falling off the cliff. So uh -huh. was it, were you pushed? Did you jump? Oh my God. So I, um, I jumped and I am very, very grateful that I jumped. Um, when I, when I was, uh, got to a point in my career. So I had, there were some, there were some precipitating circumstances. I lost my father. Um, after a decline with Lewy body dementia and not four months later, my much younger, vibrant, energetic, healthy, younger sister died unexpectedly Ugh. on vacation. Uh, oh ridiculous. So if you knew my sister and knew that she went on vacation, never came home, there's irony there. But anyway, um, and I, I know that those things informed what was going on in my life six months later, where there was a promotion opportunity. And I wasn't really sure that I wanted it, but Erin, you've been in corporate, like you don't say no to these things and, and I'm, I'm all in and I'm running and I'm going and every step of the way I'm doing all the things and people are liking what I have to say. And long story short, too late, I didn't get the job. And for about 15 seconds, I was like, what, what? Right. they didn't pick me, they didn't like me. And then all of a sudden this huge weight just 
flew off of my shoulders and I felt like last day of school. And I thought, you know, there's something wrong if, if I'm happy, you know, that I didn't get this other big cool job. So um, that was a, an eye opener for me. And so I started thinking about oh, what's next. Is it here? Is it a different role? And what I was discovering is that I missed being at the flashpoint of actually helping someone. So I love that you said that. I missed <laughs> that was one of my challenges. I missed when my job, like the company I was at, was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And as a company yeah. gets bigger, your job gets smaller because yes. everyone needs to be more and more specialized. And I found that. I missed being at the edge of the growth. Yes. Well, then we are even more kindred spirits than I knew because it was literally that feeling that I don't know what I actually did that meant anything to anyone anymore. Yes. And it's on the one hand, it felt like kind of like, oh, you know, poor you. Oh, you're not getting. It's not about getting stroke. It's just about knowing that something that I did actually helped someone. So, I used to say that. That's so, I haven't thought about this in so long, that, which is a very, very telling indicator. I used to have a constant feeling that life was surreal. Like there was like the whole concept of schlepping across Chicagoland and working in a tall building. It, it was almost made up, like there uh -huh. was no reality to it. I don't even know how to describe, and I loved yeah. it and I did well, like you, I had great success. Yeah. I worked with amazing people, but I used to have this feeling all the time, like it wasn't, um, authentic. It yeah. was contrived. Yeah. Like, what's the point of all these companies? Why do we need all these? I, it was so weird. And, uh -huh. and hearing you say that, I uh -huh. honestly, I have not, not only have I not felt it, I haven't, I didn't remember that feeling. Yeah. It, long time since you just made that comment. Those things seem so important. And the work seems so important. And the stakes seem so high. And I'm like, you know, is it? Is it is really? It? Because there's <laughs> seven really? other people. And one of which whom did get the yes. job. So thousand percent. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think now when I look back, I mean, there was, a, you will understand, there was a ton of fear and weeping and gnashing of teeth and hand wringing. And I'm like, oh my God, who leaves a good job? Right. right. Who <laughs> leaves six figure salary? I have a bonus. I'm hitting targets. I have great clients, a great team. My I, metrics. Yeah. I'm doing well. Right. My first post corporate job was working with families with aging parents, helping them downsize. So oh. you don't want to be the person who tells your mother you're right. leaving a six figure income in the, you know, marble conference room to go work <laughs> in people's basements. Yes. Yes. And I, I, I had, I ended up, um, about the same time that I'm going through all this stuff, I had gone to, I'd taken a meditation class or mindfulness class. And this woman happened to be a life coach. And so when I started having these, you know, hand wringing moments where I'm like, can I really do this? Should I really do this? And I come from corporate stock. Like I don't have entrepreneurs in my background. Me neither. Um, we weren't self-employed. Like I don't have that in my family or my sphere. We, 
you know, we go to companies and we work for big corps and we stay there forever. So this was all very new to me, but I had my little, my, you know, mindfulness meditation coach, I called her up, I booked some sessions and she literally was the person who helped me get real, like just get serious about, you know, if it doesn't feel successful to you, then it's, it's not, and you, it's okay to be discontented with that. Just right. go figure out what does feel good. And I think what you're saying now though, is also equally important because here's the thing. It is perfectly wonderful, acceptable to have a job and do a great job. It's also yeah. perfectly wonderful, acceptable to have a job that doesn't mean much to you that pays the bills. So you can go do 100%. like all of these things are perfectly acceptable. My caveat is that you've chosen the path. And what okay, you're so Aaron. talking about is recognizing uh-huh. the right path as opposed to following a given path just because it's a given path. Yep. And there, there's nothing wrong with entrepreneur is not for everybody. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with, you know, you turn, oh. holy crap, this didn't work. Get me out of here. I'm miserable. Yeah. Six figure job, you know, yeah, minimum wage job, whatever it is, as long as it's your choice. And I think it's the same thing that got me out of corporate was I was part of some really cool projects and this yeah. didn't even have any effect on me. I was part of some really cool projects that after a year working on them, one of the players decided to, yeah, you know what, we're going to go in a different direction. And it all went away and it had no effect on oh. it. didn't affect my paycheck. It didn't. Yeah. Affect my yeah. It had no direct effect on me, but when I watched it happen, Mm -hmm. I'm like, what else could change that I have no control over? Ah, yes. And that just was no longer for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nobody likes the rug pulled out from under them. And you can see when you start to see how quickly things can happen in a corporate environment. Like you, and you know, we, we get a little hung up. I think I was always pretty good at recognizing that um, my role was not, you know, etched in stone. I was not indispensable. Companies make decisions all the time. I oh, no, I felt lo- that I thought I was very fancy and important. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I guess I to be the case. <laughs> but uh, the companies that I was working in had always we were public, we were private, we were acquiring, we were being acquired. Like I was always in these places where there was a lot of turnover. And there was a lot of change. And so I got pretty savvy to that where I have always loved to mentor and just work with people like, just like for fun, like it brings me joy. I love to write a resume. I, I, I do that for fun. My mom's like, you should probably charge people. I'm like, no, because I this love is, it. Like, this, it's is fun. My, right? this is my passion project. This, yeah. That actually like feels really good because you're teasing things out of people that they can't even see in themselves. But when you're saying, you know, when you're thinking about that, it's your choice whether you are, you're, you know, doing a minimum wage job so that you can do what really fulfills you, or maybe your job really does fulfill you, whatever. This choice element is super important because there were times when I had roles where I didn't love my leadership. My direct manager was not my favorite person. And I had, I was in a really bad place. I was in a really bad headspace for a while. And I would literally had a list, a piece of paper where I wrote down, these are the reasons why I choose to stay. Because it was very important to me to say, if I'm not going to be miserable, I don't, there are some conditions here that I don't like. 
but I'm choosing to stay because of, I had like 10 really good reasons why this was still a good place for me to be. And that got me through that time period where I'm like, but I don't love this. Um, There was enough benefit to not making a change and it all worked out. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. I know I really enjoy having conversations about who you need to be in order to reach new heights. As founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business, I work with my clients at the intersection where what they need to do to succeed meets who they need to be to do it. If you would like to have a conversation about your business, please reach out to me at erin at conqueryourbusiness.com. Well, and that's another important thing for me. I have a very hard time. I try to have empathy. I Ah. usually have empathy. I will eventually have a hard time with somebody who is in constant misery complaint about their circumstances, but won't do anything about it. And I understand there's an entire subculture. And here's my other thing. Um, You're going to still laugh at this. I've never, even when I was in corporate, I never understood working for the weekend. I never had that mentality because I never stayed in that situation. And then um, to take that a step further, my boyfriend had me, so he's in the financial planning world and they came out with this tool and he wanted to take the retirement capability, retirement compatibility, you know, test quiz. So he had gone through and did his, and now I was supposed to go through and do mine and to see how compatible we were. And the first question, you're going to fall over. The first question was, at what age do you want to retire? To which I responded, that's the dumbest question I've ever heard. Why would I, you know, I'm like, this is stupid. That's the dumbest. And he just looks at me because he gets it. He goes, listen, we all know you're going to drop it a Zoom call on a Zoom call. (laughs) You're going to have to pull your computer out of your cold, dead hands. Just play along. (laughs) It's you're working for the weekend thing. That's where I would get the most frustrated with people who'd be like, oh, two days till Friday. I'm like, no company is going to get. Oh my God, I only have two days till Friday. Let's get it done. Right. I have two days and, and it's not enough time and I'm not giving anybody five days of my seven week or my seven day week. Like that felt wrong. I never understood that. So I'd be like, really? Is that how you really want to live? Like, and if you're that miserable, then let's find you an exit plan. I did this with peers. I did this with a couple of managers that I reported to where they're like, you know, we would enter into these conversations. Like, well, what would be next for you? Like I was always interested in helping people get to the place where they wanted to be. So you don't do you have, have any idea at that place. Do you, and I don't have an answer to this because I have no idea. And I know several people who have no idea. So if you have an idea, it'd be wonderful. Or if not, that's a perfectly acceptable answer as well. Where did that come from? Because I have the same thing. I've always inherently, even in corporate, you know, when they asked me, how long have you been a coach? Even when I was in corporate, I was a big mentor for younger professionals. Because yes, this whole thing of you should be in charge of your life. I mean, this is, I turned it into a business. I didn't think of it once I had a business. So where did it yep. come from for you? Um, I don't remember a time when I wasn't yeah. the person that people came to bounce ideas off of. Right. I literally don't remember a time when I wasn't that person. I know it's in my sixth grade yearbook. Someone said, oh my God, you're the best listener. You always help me figure out what I need to do. Ah, 
Shelly now, my version Helvick of that, that, my version of that, I guess, because that was not me at all. But my <laughs> version of that, I had a conversation with a client who is very always asking permission. And oh. I said to her, I don't, I never ask permission. Like it has never oh. occurred to me yeah. that I'm not allowed to do whatever it is that I want to do. I don't mean from a asshole, arrogant standpoint sure. where you're breaking rules and not because, um, being considerate is one of my top values. You consideration yeah. of other human beings is just one of my top values. So I'm not talking about being a jerk, but I mean, in terms of life choices, yes. it has never occurred to me that I'm not allowed, able. I've never, so I think my version of that is to help spread that. I love that. I would say I didn't necessarily, I grew into that, Erin. So I'm, I love to be around women who have figured that out. I didn't know that initially. I wouldn't, I don't think anybody who knows me would say, Ooh, she really stood on the sidelines. Ooh, she waited for someone to tell her she could. But I felt like I was expecting. And okay, in a corporate environment, right? Like, if you think about getting a job, you go through an you go through an interview process, and you may think you can do the job, but you've just convinced five, six, ten, however many interviews you have that you can. And then they say, "Great, we'd like to hire you." And you're like, "Great, I can do the job." Like you knew it, but I needed permission. I needed someone right. to tell me I could do it. So I came to as I've gotten older, <clears throat> I have learned I'm not asking for permission. I can just do. And frankly. Um, especially out now in the you know short time that I've been out of corporate, it's very apparent to me. Nobody wants people. People want you to show up as your best self and bring everything that you have to help them and to serve them. And you don't and, have to ask permission to show up. And I'll add authentic best self. Yes. Yes. Not the uh, bot. Not what you learned in corporate to fit in the box in order to get the next role you know, yep. the next promotion, Yeah, right. your authentic self and what you're doing inherently. And I would imagine your corporate success made it a little bit easier for you, but what you're doing inherently, and I watch a lot of entrepreneurs have this problem, especially in the beginning, because they're so desperate for clients is you're showing up as a thought leader, not a, Hey, over here, I'm not, if you want help, I'm over here vendor, but mm -hmm. a lead thought leader in your, you know, in your genius, in your lane. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, if this is what you want, I can show you how to do it. Not a, oh yeah, I'm over here if you need some help, which just is a difficult approach for entrepreneurs. If you're really going to succeed. It is. And I, I can see the temptation mm -hmm. of saying, I'm just over here and I can help you whenever you want. Um, I can see the temptation because that's a safe thing. And I feel like Absolutely. I'm doing something, I'm doing the things, but you really aren't and you're not going to get the kind of people that you want to work with because a certain part of you just has to be out there living out loud, right? I'm not and for everyone. Scary, I'm not right? everyone's cup of tea. They're and, not mine. Let's and just it get is together with the right. So, especially coming out of a job, yeah, it is so scary to embrace that in yourself if you've never been allowed to have that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, my yes. God, we, we talk about it. I talk about it like it's a given and it should be so easy. And it is, yeah. again, another thing that's simple, but it's, I absolutely recognize that it is not easy and it's no. an iterative process. I'm certainly more able to do it now than I used to be. 
Oh yeah. I can only imagine where that's going to go. <laughs> that's a little scary. Can you live more out loud? I'm not sure. <laughs> no. eh, nobody Let's find that. out. <laughs> so tell me now, I would love for you to share. Let's le- share another learning curve story. What have you tried that just did not work? Oh yeah. So showing up with my corporate speak did not work. Did not work. No, that was like, work? it's just great. Good for you. I don't know what any of that means. Um, something that is working now or can work when it's done right is um, I'm naturally curious about people. So networking isn't super hard for me. Um, I, well, I should say this. I'm not into small talk. So this is where I get into a little bit of a pickle. I am an introvert. I like dogs. I like coffee. I like books. I hate small talk. Like that's my gym. Like just, I want to get to the, like this stuff. I want to get to the heart of it. Um, and so in the beginning I struggled a little bit with, well, how am I going to meet people? And again, it was, you know, there's zoom calls. You can do all the things, which actually is, is helpful to me in many ways. Um, but there's this notion that I, when I'm networking, um, for me, I've had the most success being curious about other people. And so when I thought about networking initially, I had my old school handshaking, give me your job title. Like, again, corporate networking, whole different animal. I come out now. And so it it didn't take me long because I actually prefer being able to meet people now in this different way. And and I like it, but it, it was a bit of a stumbling block where I'm like, I'm not getting traction and it feels icky. And I don't like this networking nonsense and it wasn't the networking at all it was how I was doing or what I thought it was well and I love you know what you did just inherently was examine what was wrong and tweaked until you figured out how to do it right you didn't abandon it no 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 it's there will be there would be some level of activity I I would say that I also um accidentally or the universe you know gave me a gift um I met some really good people really quickly who were really good about um giving me some referrals that I you know I'm so grateful for two business coaches that kicked me referrals right off the bat I'm like I had you know hung my shingle out for about 10 minutes I'm like oh my god I have clients that don't know me personally like you know that was huge and yet it came out of networking so there you go and so for me the when people ask me what the biggest like surprise was about becoming an entrepreneur was the networking because I was scared when I left corporate. I'm a very collaborative person and I don't Mm. get good ideas. I don't get any ideas (laughs) when I'm by myself. Right. And I need other people to start talking for my brain to start working. And the cat much, you know, not so great ideas. Like she's very supportive. She'll sit with me all day if she needs to. Not great ideas. And coming out of court, and I had, like I said, I had great job, great people, yep. smaller industry. So we were all aware of the fact we were like the redheaded stepchild in the insurance industry. So we had to stick together. Yeah. But the relate, the idea that there could be a room filled with 50 people who want to help you succeed was yes. mind boggling to me. And I jumped into that. Like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. There is a room full of people yeah. to varying degrees yeah. 
Yes. 90% of them actually want everyone to have a good business, right? I mean, there's people who do it better and people who don't do it better. That to me, I never had any frame of reference or thought process. You know, I, again, I had a corporate version of running a business. So I anticipated that. Uh-huh. In a million years, I never thought how amazing is it going to be to meet hundreds, yeah. hundreds and hundreds at this point, if not thousands yeah. of other people who want to help other people, right? Yeah. It, you don't, it's amazing. It is amazing. Um, I, I and, and as I've... <clears throat> Again, as I'm getting more and more comfortable, my natural curiosity about people has taken over to the point where I want to be able to, like, I want to stable, like, I want to know people who can, I can't, you know, who, who my people need. Um, I, yeah. It's super exciting to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just met someone. You need to, you need to meet Erin. Like, Erin's your jam. She will fix you up. Like, I want right. to be that level of sticky so that when people come to me and I can't help them or I've worked with a client and they need something else, like, I have. There's more than just me. This is more than just me. I love that part of it. And I think one of the things that served me well, and I don't know, you know, fortunate accident, I literally have turned networking and referrals into what's basically a second job. I love connecting other people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I bet you would. You're good at that. (laughs) Fun. Yes. Awesome. It's fun. So what's next for Tammy? Um, you know, what's next for Tammy is being able to, um, I really, I, I am looking for, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to be able to help more people. Um, my work is very mano a mano. You know, mm-hmm. I'm working with a client, we're solving a something and then we go away and then we come back, we pick it up. Um, so I am very interested in what can I do? What have I produced? What basically, how can I expand my reach for more folks? And so that's really what uh, I'm exploring and what I'm coming up with. And lots of people have done it and I'm just tapping into the right people who can, you know, help me figure out I've got a thing. I know people need this. People are telling me they need it, but I would like to be able to do that to a, to a greater degree. And, you know, my first thought for you is much like the entrepreneur who thinks they're the only one who can do a thing and that stunts their growth. I also have seen, and what you're talking about is already working on breaking through that. I've also seen people who become so tied to their delivery system. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And they can't, they can't get to the point of leveraging their time because they think it can only be done in a given way. Yes. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy to say I don't know what the other way looks like, but I know it can be. <laughs> exactly. You don't. I know there's another way. It. I'm gonna. You know, lots of other people have figured it out. So my lots, lots of smart people saying. are doing this. <laughs> my brother and I have a saying for things like this. What's that? Dumber people than us have figured this have out. Figured it out. <laughs> I it's said, not usually I about business. That. It's usually about more <laughs> mundane things that have us completely thrown <laughs> in the moment. Like, for example, how do you open the gas cover? on a brand new 2020 Chevy Equinox when you're in Florida at the gas station rental car thing and you oh can't figure God. out how to, 
That's what Google's for. But dumber that's, people than me have figured this have out. Figured it out. Absolutely. By the Absolutely. way, you touch it like a 1980s stereo cabinet. You just push on it and it pops up. <laughs> oh, is that what you do? Yeah, I didn't know that either. <laughs> okay, lesson learned. There's- I'm informed. <laughs> now you know. If you ever rent a Chevy Equinox and you have to refill it, that's how you do that. <laughs> Good to know. These are life skills, man. These are real life skills people thank, need. Thank you, Google. <laughs> As I'm sitting in the gas station on the phone going, don't God, that's hilarious. They... <sighs> Google has oh, yeah. saved and many an entrepreneur's ass. I oh, did yeah. feel better because as soon as I Googled, how do you open the gas cover? It filled in the rest in. on a 2020 Equinox. <laughs> so it wasn't just me. <laughs> no, you were not the first or even the thousands to ask that question. <laughs> people want to you know continue chatting with you learn about how you can help them learn about how networking with tammy is just so much fun what (laughs) is the best way for them to get a hold of you the best way for anybody to get a hold of me is old school email tammy at nwvirtualsolutions.com awesome you're not hiding i promise Awesome. Not Thank you so much for sharing your story, your insights, your exuberance for what we're doing. I love it. It doesn't, I, I say, I'm sure you'll get this one. I didn't quit a six figure job to be miserable. Amen to that sister. It doesn't mean it's not hard nope. sometimes, but I did not ah. quit and I did not do this venture in order to be miserable. No, that's an awesome motto. And I totally, totally believe that. Thank you so much for being with me today. My pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for this conversation, Erin. It was awesome. Thank you so much for joining me on the Ready Yet podcast. I get so motivated by the amazing accomplishments of the remarkable people I meet, and I'm excited to be able to share some of their stories with you. You can find more episodes of Ready Yet at your favorite source for podcasts or at conqueryourbusiness.com. And if you've already decided that you are ready to become the person you need to be to achieve your big goals, feel free to reach out to find out how I can support you in your efforts. Or check out the Work With Erin page on the Conquer Your Business website. I also invite you to share this podcast with anyone you know who loves to learn and be inspired. And if you're so inclined, I'd be absolutely grateful for any reviews you'd like to share as well. Thanks again for joining me. This has been Erin Marcus, hopefully inspiring and helping you to go conquer your big dreams.